All right, Alexander, let's talk about inflation in, uh, in the EU and in the UK, the US. Uh, things are starting to, to go up again, it seems. Even though I did read a report about, yeah, I read a report about France and Spain that it had a slight dip for a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. uh, now it's look, looking to trending to trending up again. And also the UK uh, food prices are up. What was it? Seven, seventeen, eighteen percent. Absolutely. As well. And I can, uh, I can, I, I can confirm it, that from my own experience. Yeah. Inflation going up again, huh? All right. Inflation is going up, and of course in in Britain, and I think I discussed we discussed this in a recent video. In Britain, um, inflation is not only rising. Food price inflation is not only very high. But it is resulting in food shortages. I mean, shortages of certain types of foods. So fruit and vegetables are now in short supply. As I said, there was a short period when potatoes were scarce as well, which is pretty incredible in Britain, by the way. Um, that seems to have sorted itself. But eggs, except at the very high end, very expensive high-end eggs, that you know, the ordinary staple eggs that most people buy, they're still impossible to find. And, you know, there's always the reasons, the explanations, the avian flu in the case of the eggs, the lack of labourers coming over from Europe to collect the uh, potatoes and the fruit and the vegetables, the uh, trade barriers with the EU. None of these things. You should have any real reality to them. The simple fact is that it's becoming difficult it's becoming expensive to grow these things and to and to ship them and to sell them and of course because people are under enormous pressure it's become more difficult for many people it's become more difficult to buy them and so the result is the combination of those two things mean that there's fewer of these goods these fruits and vegetables now in British supermarkets. And it's a problem. You can find out all about it in the media. So there we go. So that's very high food price inflation and hot inflation uh, printouts all across the Eurozone, especially in Germany, but in other countries. I think Italy is about the one place where there was a real, you know, a, a small but actual fall. And I believe, I'm not so up to date, but I believe that the inflation uh, printouts in the US have also been, have disappointed, if I can put it like that, on the high side. In other words, inflation is turning out to be much more intractable than people were saying just a few weeks ago. People, of course, not us, not here on the Duran, we were saying that this inflation is here to stay. Um, and of course, what all this is leading to is that the ECB is now saying they're going to have to keep up raising interest, go on raising interest rates. The Fed may have to do that as well at a time when debt is very high. And of course, raising interest rates increases pressure on people even more because, of course, they're paying more interest on those debts as well. And it puts pressure on government budgets because, of course, the governments are also very heavily in debt right across the industrialised West, but they're now having to devote more and more of their money 
their, their tax receipts to paying off the higher interest on all that debt too. So it's a darkening picture. And can I say it's fascinating and very revealing that inflation is proving so stubborn that it's remaining high given that interest rates have been so high, given that consumer demand has been under pressure in so many economies, not so much in the US, but in other economies. And that tells you that there are very, very significant underlying problems in the economic system, and that points to problems of supply. Yeah, a lot of big problems like endless money printing and sanctions against Russia. But um, Yahoo Finance has an article with the title, China Manufacturing Activity Surges in February, the Highest Level Since 2012. That's not, that's not a good sign for the, uh, for the European no. Union, is it? No, of course I mean, it's not. Because it was- that, that, that I would... I would guess that means energy costs yeah. are going to start yeah. to to go up. Yeah, and and Olaf Scholz was bragging about how Germany made it through through this winter, but uh, this next winter coming, Germany's He's not going to have the luxury of of, uh, of Russian gas uh, storage, is he? No, of course not. Because what's going to happen now? And this uh, uh, rebound from China, it is a rebound. I mean, you know, China has been locked down for a long time. It's now opening up. So the Chinese industry is surging. But, of course, that is going to come with a surge in imports of energy. Now, the, Russia, the Chinese have nailed it down because they've now done long-term deals with the Saudis and with the Russians. So they're going to get energy out of oil, I mean, principally oil, and, of course, natural gas increasingly from the Russians. But they're going to get all of that. Uh, reasonably, you know, stable prices. But always understand, we're not going to get... Oil that's going to China means less oil for everyone else. And that means that the price of oil and the price of gas inevitably is going to start rising again over the course of the year as the Chinese economy continues to take off. I mean, China now is the single most important economy in deciding the pressure, the upward pressure, if you like, on energy prices. It's the economy that pulls in the energy and which, to a, certain, to a great extent, determines the level of demand. So, you know, we're looking, most people expect $100 oil plus towards the end of the year, and natural gas prices are going to follow where oil is leading. And um, without cheap gas from the Russians on long-term contracts, it's all going to become much more expensive. Well, Europe is going to continue to to focus on LNG, I imagine. That's yeah, that's their only route, isn't it? Of course, of course it is. But you know, bear in mind, China imports lots of LNG. It imports LNG from Russia. By the way, Europe imports LNG from Russia. China imports LNG from the US. So, I mean, you know, China isn't going to be competing with the Europeans in all of these places. And the Chinese have the deep pockets. 
and Russian oil, from what I understand, is also uh, making its way to to, to Europe as well. I, I was yeah, reading absolutely. an article that says something like a shadow fleet of 600 tankers are, Tanker, yeah. are, uh, are transporting Russian oil yeah. around the Who world. Who would have guessed it? <laughs> Who would have guessed it? Yeah. That, you know, that, that, you know, the, I mean, I, I have to say, I mean, this is, I come back to some of the programs we did before having, you know, worked on the periphery of the shipping industry, <laughs> that people didn't understand that something like this was going to happen. I mean, you know, given, given the sort of people who work in the shipping industry, it is really absolutely bizarre. I've been hearing stories, by the way. I don't know whether this is true or not, but, you know, there's large numbers of tankers now carrying Russian oil off the coast of Greece. <laughs> they transfer the oil from one tanker to another and mix it with a little bit of, you know, uh, crude from, you know, Kuwait or wherever. And then off it goes, <laughs> jugging off, and it enters uh, European ports and is sold off as, you know, whatever it is, oil, but it's not from Russia, you see, because it's come this way. And apparently it's entirely legal. It's an entirely legal process. But the point is, you do it like that, and it's fine, you can do it like that. It's going to be more expensive than it would have been if you'd simply straightforwardly bought it directly from the Russians. The middlemen are making lots of money. European consumers are losing out. And by the way, I gather the same is going on in the US. The US is also importing Russian oil, apparently, in the same way. Yeah, but this was, I mean, the EU, specifically the EU, I'm not so sure about the US, but in the sanctions policy, the EU made it like that. Yes. I mean, they, oh, yes, they specifically added these types of exceptions so that if the oil had, had even if it had a little bit of, uh, of, of, Russian oil in it, then then it's fine. You could you can import it. I mean, I mean they they made it so that mix mixing the oil is 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 fine. Yeah, that that's absolutely. not under I mean, sanctions. They, I mean, they engineered it like this. Absolutely, they created all the loopholes. I mean, they create they they went out yeah. of their way to undermine their own sanctions. So their sanctions, as I said, are a joy <laughs> to the world shippers. I mean, they must be making a killing out of this. It's a, it's a joy to the um, energy companies. I mean, they must be loving this. There's all sorts of merchants, businessmen, brokers. I mean, the, the brokering that must be going on at the moment in Karachi and uh, uh, Kuala Lumpur and all these places must be, you know, I mean, they must be having a wonderful time there. I mean, the parties, the celebrations over the EU sanctions must be extraordinary. But, you know... <laughs> that's that's what they did. I mean, it, it, it's very difficult to understand the logic of any of this. But in practical terms, what it means is more cost to European consumers, not just households, but also um, in businesses, industrial consumers as well. And this is now a structural problem. It is going to continue as long as... Um, these sanctions remain in place. And, of course, we've seen how difficult it is to lift sanctions. It's very easy to impose sanctions. It's extremely difficult. It becomes politically very, very difficult to lift them. So, as I said, the Russians, they sell their oil. Now, maybe not for as much as they would have liked, but uh, um, an article in Bloomberg made it clear that, in fact, the size of the discounts the Russians are giving for their oil are less than people thought. And they're able to sell 
a lot of their oil. In fact, all of their all all the oil they want to sell, they can sell, and um, and at higher prices than the e than the G seven price gaps. So they're able to sell their oil. They're able to sell their gas. Their gas. Well, I mean, there are some caps on that, but even those are got lots of holes in them. Um, the East Asian buyers, first and foremost the Chinese, well, they're doing fine because they said they're getting oil at a discount, they're getting gas in abundant numbers, quantities, as I said, they've nailed it all down. They've got the two big oil exporters, Saudi Arabia and Russia, on, on side and on board. The shippers, the brokers, the middlemen, they're all doing very, very well. The people who are not doing so well are European households that have to pay higher energy costs and European businesses that have to pay much higher energy costs and will be doing so for the indefinite future at a higher level than um, their competitors. And you're absolutely right. I mean, their um, reserves are said to be down to about 69% now because of the warm winter, but those reserves need to be tanked up over the course of the summer. Um, ga uh, gas still is used in Europe over the course of the summer, so it might not be easy to fill up those reserves. They might continue to dwindle. Next winter might be more difficult. And, of course, if it's colder, it'll be a lot more difficult. And more money will have to be spent. And, of course, the amount of money that the EU... EU states, Germany and Britain, of course, had to pay to try to cushion the blow of the higher energy costs, has weakened government finances, increased debt levels all at a time, when because of stubborn inflation, interest rates look like they are going to stay high and might even rise. And they're allocating more of their, their budget to weapons, and they're spending it on weapons and stuff like that. And, and it, all of this is, is really directed at weakening the, the EU consumer. Yeah. You know, shippers are getting wealthy. The energy companies are going to get wealthy. The Russians are fine. Uh, this is all going to hit the consumer. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it's going to do. And, uh, um, you know, if, if you wanted to plan it that way, and of course, I know there are going to be some people who are watching this program who say that it was planned this way. But if you wanted to plan it this way, you couldn't have done it better. If you wanted to have a strategy of deindustrializing Europe and uh, uh, reducing large, large proportions of the European population to conditions of poverty, then you've gone about it in the right way. And But by the way, there are people who want more sanctions still. I mean, they want sanctions on the Russian nuclear in, in, industries, energy industry, Rosatom, who, which, of course, supplies 40% of the world's nuclear fuel, irreplaceable. That's 40%, not just of Europe's, but the world's nuclear fuel. So countries like France, which still rely to a great extent on nuclear power. They're going to be in all kinds of problems, presumably. Um, but anyway, so far that's been resisted, but who knows? 
it might come. And I've heard reports, I'm sure you've seen them, that the United States, now that the Chinese are apparently talking ever so softly about the possibility of sending their own weapons to Russia, that the United States is now in discussion with European allies about sanctions on China as well. So, you know, 10% inflation this autumn might be much higher. Can I just finish by saying that all of these inflation readouts that we're getting are almost certainly too low. I saw an article in the Financial Times that said um, that um, growth in Europe had been stronger than had been expected. And the same claim was made about the United States. Let me put it on record that I fully agree with Peter Schiff, with whom um, I discussed this on a programme that we did over the, on the Duran. I think that a lot of that growth is simply inflation. In fact, inflation is being undercounted. How can you get 17% food inflation in Britain and just have inflation at 10%? I mean, it's possible, but I don't believe it's true. Nothing that's going on suggests to me that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will leave it there. The Duran.locals.com. We are on Rockfin as well. And go to the Duran shop, 10% off. Use the code. Good day. Take care.